Today is a bit of a special episode. I am joined by my good friend and client, Kylie Ota, a repeat guest on the podcast. I'll have to link to her earlier episodes from this year because they were golden as well. But she recently experienced a very major loss. And I had an interesting experience with a loss from six years ago recently. And being the burnout coach expert that she is, and of course, you know me and my money expertise, we decided to have a conversation about money and grief and burnout. And essentially, you get to listen in as we kind of chat through some of these things that are so important and so vital. Um, This is my disclaimer that we are talking about grief. We are talking about, you know, loss, um, death and those things. So I would love for you to take a listen. And I think this is a very important topic, but I want you to be able to make the decision to listen to it as well. So, uh, without further ado, let's get to it. This is the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Amy Sorka, a money confidence coach for female entrepreneurs on the path to six figures. After over 10 years in the personal finance industry and multiple personal financial and medical crises, I was fed up with the lies that are being shouted from the rooftops by the gurus and the media. So now I help you simplify, solidify, and scale your money by blending tactile money strategies with mindset work you can create unstoppable finances. Together, you'll finally figure out the money thing so you can make more money in less time without living off of beans and rice or sacrificing your lifestyle. Episodes here on the podcast are short and sweet. Being married, having four kids at home, homeschooling, being a CEO, running the household. I'm kind of busy and I know you are too. So let's keep it simple and get to the point. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Oh my gosh. Like when I texted you, did, did I text you or you texted me? But I texted you because I was in the car and like all of a sudden I was just having all of these like podcast ideas. So I was like writing them down and I was like, we should talk about grief and money. And this is probably how I'm going to start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we finally figured it out. We're just going to go with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And, and, but right when you sent it to me, I, I was in that mode where like I was thinking about all of the things that I wanted to spend, right? We've talked before, you know, on like the coaching calls, like, oh, these dopamine purchases. And I was in like this dopamine fallout, I'll call it, where I'm like, oh, like I'm hurting. Like I'm so used to, to buying things when I'm in pain, whether it's, you know, I watch too much clean talk and I want to go to Amazon and I want to buy something that's going to make me feel better about my house because I'm so overwhelmed and my house is like, oh, well, maybe if I got some, you know, cubes for my calyx over there. Yeah, that will help. So I don't have to see the visual clutter, not having to deal with the clutter, but I'll just shove it in a box and it'll look pretty and I don't have to be visually, um, I'll say stimulated, but visually yeah, present to it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many times where I'm like, I want to buy something. And my husband would be like, do you really need that? And ever since we came up with the term dopamine purchase, <laughs> he was like, uh-huh. Is that another dopamine purchase? And I'm like, Ugh. like, he'll catch me on those things. But I'm like, hey, you have some dopamine <laughs> activities that you like to do. So <laughs> like golfing, like, geez, like, that's a lot. Well, I have a gym membership. So, well, that's a lot too. So. <laughs> it's like multi-purpose, right? I love that y'all call, call each other out on it. Like that. I love hearing that. That always, it's fun. But yeah. there's also like that, I guess, before we go further, a little backstory for those that are listening. Why don't you share a little bit that you feel comfortable with about like the loss that you just experienced and why this yeah. is so timely, prevalent? Yeah. So I just recently lost my best friend of 40 years. I'm aging myself. and <laughs> She just turned 45. I'll be 45 at the end of this year. And she had endometrial carcinoma, which is a cancer that started in the endometrial area. And by the time that they caught it this past March, she was just having some pain. And I know some women listening like, oh, like I get pains every month, but her pain just didn't go away. So she just decided to take care of it. And when she went in, there was a tumor the size of an avocado. And right, so they did a biopsy and it was malignant and they so right all the protocols they scanned her it had metastasized to her lungs mm -hmm. so from march and then right now at the time of this recording it is september she just passed a week ago and yeah it it just by the time they found it it was stage four and it's type three the aggressive type and it just took over her body. And the amazing thing is, well, she's my best friend. Um, if you don't know a whole lot about me, right? I love planning. I used to be a launch manager. And so like she and I are very similar in that way. So she had all, all of her end of life things planned out. And I'm also part of that process now. But that's the kind of the gift of having cancer, instead of it being a car accident or something that, you know, you leave this world abruptly, she was able to call us in and talk to us. And I was able to process a lot of the grief up front because I knew she was passing. And even when she, um, I, I went back home in August to see our, our final goodbyes, because that's what she said. Like, they told her the cancer was spreading even more rapidly and she only had a little bit of time left. So she wanted to say goodbye while she was still coherent because the tumors had kind of shifted and moved up to her brain, her lymph nodes, like it was just starting to go everywhere. And I was able to do that. And then um, in this past week or whatever, I had a urge to kind of ask the husband, like, how is she doing? And it just so happened she had a end of life meeting that day because they told her she didn't really have that much more time to go. And um, 
I decided to just jump on a plane. I'm from Hawaii, so I had a jump from here in LA. I flew back home to Hawaii. I got to see her for her last three days here on this earth. And I was able to process my grief with her because, you know, um, we knew that she was at the end. And it's weird how God kind of, in each instance, there was an urge to talk to her or reach out to her. And that's also part of my grieving process is, okay, I got to be more in touch with God and listening to the unctions of the Holy Spirit where it's like, okay, God, you are here, you are present. And that made it like a thousand times easier to process the grief because I knew that God was with with me. He was preparing me for the loss. Um, Even like words that I was getting, you know, like people that I follow online, I was just getting these words about transition. I mean, I'm transitioning in my business and in like my ministry, like a lot of things are shifting there. So it applied there, but I was like, how appropriate that there's this heavenly transition that just happened. And so anyway, all through that, you know, God had been preparing me for the grief. So the grief for me has come in waves. Like when I hear a popular song that we used to sing to, so we grew up in the 80s. So, <laughs> so you know, the 80s music will pop on. I'm like, oh, oh. And then it'll just remind me when we had these good memories. But it's it's been a blessing to have those memories, you know? Yeah. Um. But when we're talking about the money and the grief, um, you know, there's so many people who um, I've experienced this with other passings where money is like people fight over money and of life, you know, it's like the body's not even in the ground and they're having these conflicts about, okay, who gets the inheritance? Who, who gets the car? Who gets the this? And and oh my gosh, that's like the worst. <sighs> so that's, I don't know, that's my little backstory about grief and money. And I'm glad you brought that up about like the inheritance piece in that part, because there's um, like with my grandmother, my maternal grandmother passing, there was, wasn't even really necessarily like about the money originally, but then it kind of became about the money. And there was like, people were hurt and they talk, um, I don't remember who we were speaking with. Maybe it was like a funeral director. And they talk about like, this is like where that happens all the time because emotions are so high when you're processing grief like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there are different ways to process grief as well. Like each person does it differently. Well, And like, well, you know me, I had to bring my archetypes into it. (laughs) And I just did a post yesterday about it, right? You have the people who handle things differently, like the perfectionist, which is like my friend, right? She planned her end of life things and keeping yourself busy and doing, you know, doing those things is one way that people manage grief, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there are other people who are, you know, like, I, I called her, what did I called her? The the hippie. <laughs> the spiritual hippie. Because right, there are people who kind of what I shared earlier, right? I'm really okay with her passing because I believe 
in the afterlife and she's in a better place and right she's not in pain anymore like um when she was in her last days they were ma managing her respiratory and because it had gone into her lungs her lungs were at 50 percent capacity so as she was starting to struggle with her breathing that's what uh i think kind of took her life i mean there's an autopsy and whatever that's been done but she was just having a really hard time breathing. And I was actually happy when she passed because of the circumstances and because I understand that there is an afterlife and I'll get to see her in heaven. And I told her, I said, hey, make sure you save that mansion next to yours for me. And our kids can play in the, you know, in the backyard together again, because our kids are about the same age as well like our kids and our grandkids could play together so like that's my belief and that's what helped me to process the grief so you know just people deal with grief differently and um even like with money like some people will want to just go out and spend money like they see like okay it's the end of life like oh gosh life is too short we gotta go and live big and then they start spending all this money because they feel like life is too short or you know like they're hit with this like life is too short i need to just do it all now and do it all big and then they go on the spending spree not realizing that hey you know like you're still here you still need to have enough money to live until like who who knows when you you know you'll live until yeah. it could be 80 it could be 100 i mean and it could be tomorrow you never know when you're gonna go but like those are those people who are a little bit myopic like oh life is short like what if i my life ends tomorrow right and then they start spending money and then there's the other people who start to hoard because life is too short right life is too <laughs> short is so same thought. yeah but just the how they're looking at things and yeah so yeah. I feel like it's everything within moderation. Like there are times like to give yourself grace and like, yes, we can spend money. And especially if you like you have the system set up that like we talk about and the things that like we've worked on as we've worked together. If you have those things in place, you know, where certainly the boundary, but that's like the best worker that comes to mind, like the, where the boundary is that you can let yourself spend. And it's not, yeah. um, over, over what you can afford. And it's the same on the other side. Like if you are like, okay, shutting down and you're not really living life anymore because, you know, life is so short and we feel like we have to save and hold on to everything. You still have those systems in place showing you where you do need to spend money and you do need to yeah. enjoy your life. And like everything like in grace and having the tools in place, like whether you're working with a coach or you've got the system. I mean, I think you and I both agree. It's always better when you're working with a coach because you have that yes. person to bounce off of and be like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Like, is this, is this realistic? Like, if it's the purchase you're making, like, is it a realistic purchase that I should make? Or should I like hold out? Is this something that like making sure you're not going to the extreme, but also giving yourself yeah. the space to, to heal and process things. And I know, um, I shared, I think I shared briefly with you. So if you watch Virgin River, this is a spoiler alert. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when we were out of town on vacation, I was watching the latest season of Virgin River. What is the season five? Um, and it has been 
see, Brooklyn's five, so 2017, six years, a little over six years since I had my miscarriage, but the main character goes through a miscarriage. And even though all this time had passed, there was a scene and it wasn't even like the actual miscarriage. Like I was sad because, you know, you're involved with the character story, right? And like, you're sad for that. But after um, she was waiting to go in for the DNC and they're sitting in the truck outside and um, she's like, I don't want to go in yet. Cause like, this is the hardest mm. part. See if I can do this without crying. Cause it just, it caught me so off guard how, um, how much I felt it. Because you go into the waiting room and everyone else in there is there to check up on their baby and you're not because you lost your baby. And that was the exact same thing that I had experienced um, when I had to go in for my post post loss, I guess you would call it sonogram to make sure like everything had passed. I chose not to do the DNC. So we had to do the sonogram Mm -hmm. to make sure everything was back to normal. And there was three other families in there one of them was doing the gender reveal like I can still remember everything and they're all there to check on your baby and you're sitting there by yourself alone and I just lost it it was like in hysterical tears my husband was there thankfully so it was like I had somebody to comfort me but I was totally caught off guard by how much like how real it felt like how recent it felt all over again And so it's not always a matter of like, this just happened. Like you talked about it, it comes in waves. And apparently like, you know, the time doesn't necessarily matter. And, you know, time heals all wounds, but some of them are still there. So even if it's not a recent loss, this is still applicable. Yeah. I was just talking to a client yesterday because she's like, I don't know why I'm crying right now because I'm happy. And I said, you know what? Those are probably old tears. You know, some part of you is either grieving or processing. Um, We're talking about an old relationship that she was in. Mm -hmm. And she's like, why am I crying? And, you know, they're just layers that are unprocessed. So, you know, it's like, it's okay. So, you know, if you're listening to either my story or Amy's story, you have your own grief story. And like tears are starting to come and you're like, but I thought I processed it already. Just be okay that this is old tears. Yeah. You know, it's not like, it's not something like, oh, I thought I had passed and whatever, you know, it's like, no, you know, new thoughts will come up. And like I said, when I was listening, like an eighties jam came on at the gym and I was like, I'm about to lose it. <laughs> Because I had just, um, when we drive long distances, I turn on this Spotify playlist and it's 80s because my husband and I grew up in the 80s. And yeah, and I that was one of the last texts that I sent her where she was still texting back and forth. I screenshot, I was like, hey, thinking of you because we used to sing it all the time when we were growing up. And I karaoke, you know, it's like thinking of you. And it's like, whew. you know, like I said, it comes in waves and not that I would be, you know, you know, embarrassed to cry at my gym because it's a super comfortable place for me. I'm there pretty much every day. Like I have so many friends there, um, but I just didn't, I just didn't feel like releasing them at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can choose when you release your emotions, but, you know, you you do need to 
you have to release them somehow, some way, or they will manifest in a different part of your life or different part of your body. Uh, for me, um, uh, I, I'm a burnout coach, so I had burnout. But when I was looking back at the precursors and really trying to understand burnout, because you know, I was under the impression like, oh, it was just because I was a shift worker for so many years and my body was burnt out. And I was like, no, wait, there are other aspects of burnout. Like there's the mental ca capacity, there's the emotional capacity. Like I was depleted in a whole lot of those areas and not necessarily in that part of my life because I had already, I got remarried and everything was good, but I wasn't taking into account the emotional damage that I had acquired in a previous relationship and I was like oh my goodness so these scars you know emotional scars were also part of why I was feeling so burnt out and why my like my body was reacting in a certain way and causing the cortisol the adrenals and all of that to kind of implode on itself and it's like, oh, okay. Because I'm like, I'm sleeping okay, but my my cortisol was still having a hard time resetting. And I was like, oh, it's deeper. The more I started to do more work on myself and I just, I went down the rabbit hole of healing and I'm still down on that rabbit hole. <laughs> it's a never ending but, rabbit hole, right? Like that's yeah. what we continue to do. And it's like, okay, even though we know like that we don't arrive, it's kind of like, oh, I thought we had that figured out by now. And then it's like this whole new layer that like we get to work on and we're yeah. still working on it ourselves. I think that's what allows us to help our clients so much as well. Like, cause we see like, you know, we're on this journey too. It's not like this whole, we've arrived. I'm on this pedestal thing. Like, no, right. like this stuff sucks. Like, <laughs> Right. Like your post, was it today or yesterday where you're like, hey, I went over budget. Today, and I guess. Like we're over budget. Eight categories for those <laughs> the behind the scenes. Like my budget app is like, you were over budget in eight categories right now. And I'm like, okay. Like that's, it is what it is. And yeah. we're moving forward and it's not, it doesn't define me. And yeah. just where you're at now, like going through like these grief process is even if you are in like a really high wave like that it doesn't define you and I think working to know like it's gonna be okay even if it doesn't feel okay in the moment is really important yeah yeah and yeah even like just how we process in and when it's the emotional piece the mental piece when we're dealing with the money too you know like We've talked a lot about emotional spending. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing around grief and money is where we have to be cognizant of what emotion we're in at the moment. You know, because you could be in an elated moment and you're like, oh my gosh. Or like, a, it's a memory. Like, oh, I should buy this because this reminds me of her. And of course, it's worth it because I want to remember her. There's so many little, like, little holes that can just kind of erode at your money, you know? And, and like, there's so many like random purchases that come with grief as well. I mean, or just in the, the, the death process, right? You have to buy caskets, you have to buy. <laughs> and if you don't have life insurance to cover those things, like where are you going to pull it from? 
you know, I mean, right, she was young. She wasn't anticipating dying at the age of 45, but, you know, she was covered by life insurance and her, this is only a God thing. She, she was in the military. Um, she's, she's in the national guard, but she was on active duty orders. So because she was on orders, the military paid for all of the hospital things and she got connected to the wounded warrior project and they covered everything that wasn't covered by the hospital. So she was kind of in and out of the hospital towards the end, Mm -hmm. you know, so when she would come home, they, they, they got her an oxygen machine, like, and it was all covered wow by the wounded warrior project and like the hospice nurses and whatever i don't i don't know which part covered it all but mm-hmm. between the two between tricare and wounded warrior like the family doesn't have to pay a dime yeah so it's just you know i know that's more of the right a defense yes so, right, but having a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we focus on offense, 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 like making more money, making more money. But if you added up all of her, like, there's no way they would have had made enough money. And there's, you probably know a lot of people who are in medical debt, right? Their student loan debt that is enormous and people are trying to get out from under that. Or there are like, business debt like that I have and you and I work through but business debt that we're trying to pay off and we feel like we can't get through them sometimes and then there's medical debt oh you have a story about medical debt I forgot that one I have several stories about medical debt but yes we do but you know background being an insurance like the life insurance conversation is one that we would have like all the time and I don't it's like the curse of insurance. You might have heard of the curse of coaching, like where you know too much. Okay, the curse of insurance, you never feel like you have enough insurance. Okay, so it's been like this skill that I've worked at for the past, I don't know how long have I been out now? Like, it's okay, we don't need as much. But yeah. I can't tell you how many conversations we would have about like, okay, this needs to be placed in place. It doesn't matter. Like, there's not a too young for insurance. And actually, this is actually bad. I really meant to do it on all of them. But William's the only one that has it. But mm. my boss, um, his daughter was diagnosed neuroblastoma, I think is what it was, a form of cancer at like six months old. Oh, wow. So because they, State Farm is who I worked with, they have a really great policy. It's called a 20 pay policy. So it's a whole life policy. And when you take it out on a child, you can do, what's the name of the writer? There's a writer that's like, I don't know, cents on the dollar that you can add on that at certain major milestones in their life, I want to say it's like 18, 30, like Mm. it's specific numbers. You can purchase more life insurance, like automatically. There's no medical renewal needed, but because he had purchased that policy and added that on there, she now has life insurance. Now, thankfully, like the cancer is gone and she's been cancer free, but it's much harder to get that insurance. Now, most places wouldn't even write you having cancer in the past where it was something that they took up, took care of before. And then you've got like the stay at home mom. Well, if you're staying home mom, they're not bringing any income in. Well, you might be like, I have my side business. I'm not bringing any like major income in. I'm just staying home. Like I don't need life insurance. Like, well, what happens if you're gone? Like who takes care of the kids? We used to always talk to the guys. It was like, do you want your wife to have to get remarried right away? Like if you're gone, like, no, we need to be properly insured and like having conversations. And this is something that like, I geek out about, uh, 
obviously. Um, so if you're wondering, like, I love talking about this, like just send me a message if you have enough insurance, because it's so important and it makes such a difference. And that is yeah. one of the things like that has the fighting that happens over money. Like when you take care of the money, that doesn't yeah. happen. There was yeah. a study done. Oh, it was probably six, seven years ago that like 90% of people are counting on winning the lottery an inheritance or a lawsuit to be able to retire. So like, <laughs> I need to screenshot your face there. <laughs> so like we're, we're counting on like somebody screwing up winning the lottery or somebody dying like with enough money. And that I think causes so many of the arguments. And if we have the money thing figured out and yeah. whatever you might get from an inheritance, is just bonus it's not going to cause all of those fights. Right. Right. And like, t and different types of money are subject to different taxes. So right. that's what you have to understand as well. Like I'm, I'm not a tax professional. Like none of us are, we're not right. financial professionals, but I, I work with one mm -hmm. and he explained the difference. Okay, you can take money from here. Because right when I moved from full-time employment to full-time entrepreneurship, I was like, you know, there's a dip in income that happens. It's, let's just be honest, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we went over some of the money options that I had. And he was like, well, you could do this, you could do that, but you you shouldn't like touch this because, da, da, da. and when you're talking about insurance, right, we had a whole life policy. So I was able to pull from the, what is the, case, the cash reserves? Yeah. The dividends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, I didn't know that that was a thing. You know, I'm just like, here, take my money because I need to put it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And and I wanted... people talk so poorly about whole life insurance, but I have to tell you, if you look at like my investment portfolio, my whole life insurance is performing a lot better, a lot more consistent than like my stock market <laughs> investments right now. Just saying like, and it's there and you have it and like, just, it's not yeah. necessarily all bad. And then there's right. also, I don't even know if you know this or not, there's a module in the academy that talks about like how to protect some of these things, because of course I'm not a financial wow. advisor, but right. there's some things that you can put in place that's like, hey, making sure things bypass probate so that your loved ones do get the money and it doesn't have to be necessarily all tax. And even like there's stuff with houses and we have some things that are set up to be willed one way in the family and it does not make sense from a tax perspective at all but you know it's not my place but you have to ask these questions like okay is this the best thing to do or are there better options to be able to right. make sure if you want your loved ones to be able to truly have something set it up in a way that they'll actually get something not that they'll have to fight Oh, that's the worst, right? When things end up in probate and you get like half of what you're supposed to get. Mm -hmm. oh, hurts my heart. <sighs> yeah. And I'm, I've been on that end, right? Like some of my my older family members who have passed. So case in point, right? She, my great grandmother had a funeral plan. 
but it was so outdated. It didn't cover anything by the time she died. She was 96 years old when she died. Oh, Oh my goodness. this is so, um, no, total transparency. I was going through a divorce at the time. So I had taken money. I, I took out a loan on my 401k to pay for the lawyers and I had some extra. So I used the extra because you can't pay it back. You either have to pay it back in full or you have to keep making your installments, right? Right. And I was like, well, I just got this cash sitting around and I had, I paid for the burial fees and things like, you know, the things that you don't think about when people die. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, because I'm the, I'm the great grandchild. Okay. I'm the oldest great grandchild. So we just put it that way. And I was, gosh, oh my gosh. You know, you and I were talking about this the other day. I think I was, I was not even 30 years old yet, you know, but I had my two children. Like my second was born when I was 22 and I, I had a townhouse and, you know, like I was Pretty, uh, I would say financially mature for my age because I was Yeah. around a lot of people who had more financial maturity. So I learned about money from a young age, right? When I got hired into my company, it was I was 20 years old. And then I was around all of these retired or soon to be retirees that were like, max out your 401k, do this, do that. that like telling me about all those blind sides that
and it, that's also part of the grief, right? Knowing that you had the loss, but yet seeing this bill come every month to pay off this thing, it's like, that's another trigger that you yeah. can avoid too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I found a, a Christmas card as a bookmark in, in a book I was reading yesterday from my friend who passed. So it's like the triggers will come out of the blue. You never know when they're going to hit. So, right. You can control the amount of triggers that you have by having your money in place and not to say that you, Oh, you need to have this in place. It's just, we're just trying to help you alleviate the amount of triggers that you're exposed to so that your nervous system doesn't have to process each and every one of them, especially when you're like grief plus money or debt. It's like, like and just being prepared. So when that you are triggered, you can handle it and not go into that burnout or overwhelm, wherever that extreme reaction would be for you. And just being able right. to um, use the word regulate. I think that's the word yeah. that we were talking about last week. Yes. So just being able to regulate when they do come up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this was awesome. Cause I knew it would be. <laughs> Um, okay. I know we touched everything. I think we did. We did good. <laughs> For anybody that wants to connect with you, why don't you share how to connect with you? Cause this is going on both of our podcasts. So we're both yeah. going to sign off here. Yeah. So again, my name is Kylie Ota. I am your burnout coach for entrepreneurs. You can catch me at my website, of course, kylieota.com. It's K-Y-L-I-E-O-T-A.com. And I also have a podcast the Burnt Out Entrepreneur. You can catch me on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. And um, yeah, I also have a burnout archetype quiz, which is what I was referring to earlier. There are four different personality types that I take you through. And so you take the quiz, you get a readout of what your personality type is and how to deal with burnout according to your archetype. Because even with money, even with grief, like Amy was on my podcast, we talked about money and archetypes. And each person deals with money differently. Each person deals with grief differently. Each person deals with burnout differently. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. Just like with Amy's program, there's not a one-size-fits-all. There is a specific protocol, but like according to your personality type, like how do you like to do things? Like maybe you need to have a different like amount of money in your blow money fund because you are like spontaneous you know, spontaneous and you want to go on trips and you want to do those things, but you can have those things if you need them. So anyway, it's called burnoutarchetypequiz.com. You can go get your personality type and just see how it relates to your um, journey in entrepreneurship and how to protect yourself from burnout according to your personality type. Yeah. Okay. And of course, my name is Amy Serka. I am the money confidence coach for the female entrepreneur who's looking to make money simple. And uh, you can catch me on my website, amycirca.com has all the resources, but I love to hang out on Instagram at amycirca, A-I-M-E-E-C-E-R-K-A. And of course, I have my podcast as well. It's called Your Money, Your Life. Brand new Unlock Your Cash Flow Calculator, which isn't even available online yet. So if you want to check that out, it's 12 simple 
questions to help you figure out what you need to tweak to truly unlock your cash flow potential as an entrepreneur. Just send me a message on Instagram that says calculator and I will get that to you. Um, I think that's it for now. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I've got a special gift for you for sticking around to the end. And if you're tired of your finances being a mess, this is for you. What if you could take charge of your money without feeling overwhelmed, even if you're not a numbers person, even if you just don't know where to begin, even if you don't have the time, even if you failed in the past, and even if you don't want to sacrifice your lifestyle? Take messy action and finally make progress with your finances without feeling overwhelmed, pinching pennies, or staring at a spreadsheet for hours with the 14-Day Money Mastery Action Plan. And when you use coupon code PODCAST, I'm going to give you 40% off. Just visit amycircacom forward slash action and grab the 14-Day Action Plan for less than $20. All right, talk soon.